Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. Well, yeah, so we... um, Where was I? Every generation. You're talking about losing a whole, yeah, losing a whole generation. Well, and that's the thing is, is that we we every generation sort of criticizes the next generation for the the change they want to bring, right? And and we we think that if it's if it's not our way, it's no way. It's not the it's not um it's not going to be spiritual. So it's our meetings, our institutions, our, and we have no influence into the next generation because the thing about it is, is that I, one thing that I can see, you see, making disciples is about mentoring. It's right. about being, having a heart for people that you impart to them a new worldview through, through kingdom values and kingdom insights and, and uh, you know, not making psychopaths, not trying to make them members of your church or your denomination, or your organization, or even of your little thing. It's right. you imparting to them a kingdom. You're equipping them to be a kingdom son, not your son, not right. your member, not your convert. But And that's what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were doing. And they not were, under you. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it's like the first thing people want to do is make you a member of their church. Right. And, and, and that's what I was saying to you earlier is like, it's interesting that we've got the Western mindset is that's how we've got to do it. We've got to get people into our church, be a convert of a, a member of our church, but part of our uh, programs or whatever. But the church right now, the fastest growing, most dynamic churches in the world are the Chinese church and the uh, Iranian church. And they don't have big church. They don't have mega churches, super pastors, celebrity things, programs, etc. going on. They, they don't even have Bibles. Right. They don't know how to have Bibles. So what happens is the Spirit of God speaks to them. Somebody's read something somewhere. There's some people that are um, teaching outside the country and into the country, uh, Farsi into Iran specifically. Um, so ex, uh, ex-Iranian people are now teaching the Bible into the country, and they're picking it up. They're having to bypass the restrictions and limitations of, of Internet, and they're getting it on, the, on their phone, listen, listening in or reading the Farsi um, broadcasts. And now yeah. they take that. They haven't got Bibles. They haven't got books. There are no book rooms, no, uh, none of that stuff. They don't have access to Internet. Uh, Bible gateways and things like that, Bible apps and things. So they take what they hear and right. they convey it one to the other. And then they've got to pray and ask God to show them who they can share it with because it, it may be somebody is a, 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 a what do they call them? Uh, a, snitch. a snitch that's going to tell the government about them. Yes. and that's, right. So they've got to pray and ask God to show them who to talk to and where where the meeting is going to be and things like that. And so they meet in homes, um, in <coughs> lounges, uh, you know, sitting rooms, whatever the story is, 
sometimes bigger, sometimes smaller, depending on, on the situation, but they meet together. They, they worship in whispers. They can't worship loud. You mm. know, it's like, oh, heaven forbid, there won't be any presence of God if we haven't got drums and whatever else going on. You know, it's just like they, they sit on the floor and worship whispering. Um, and then they share with each other. And this is how they make disciples. This is the influence. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember um, back when I was a younger man, <laughs> like 40 years ago, um, <clears throat> I heard about the church in Russia was doing the same thing. Yeah. That's when all that had just, it wasn't even open yet. You know, Russia wasn't even open yet. They were smuggling Bibles in. They were trying to get into the underground church. And uh, this one guy uh, that I knew was going over there and he was trying to get Bibles into a certain area. And so they would do a mark on the ground, you know, they would do like a, an arc, like a little, and then somebody would come along and they would do an arc the opposite direction, making a fish. So if you were a believer, you would see that little arc in the ground and you would make the opposite arc, making it into a fish. And that way, then the person would say, okay, let's meet such and such a place, such and such a time. And then they would take you to the meeting you know, if there was a meeting. And uh, he said this uh, one time in particular, he remembered he, they were supposed to meet at this one particular place. And so he followed the man in silence through all these little back roads and stuff, all these little narrow streets, you know, between these tall buildings and everything. And, and um, they get to this one room, uh, this one place, and they knock on the door and, and the person lets them in. And, uh, he said, the, the guy turns to me and says, <clears throat> okay, what we're, what we're here for is this man is sick. Uh, I want you to heal him. If you heal him, I know you're a believer and I'll take you to where we're meeting because these signs shall follow those who believe. That, but that's what they knew. I mean, yeah. they knew that these signs shall follow those who believe. And so if you're a believer, you'll heal the sick, raise the dead, you know, give and whatever. And so, you know, we can't trust you because we've never seen you before. So heal the sick and I'll take you then to the meeting where we're meeting. I thought, how many of us would, would qualify, you know, at this point? How many of us really believe that way? How many of us have gotten to the point where um, that stuff is just written on a page somewhere and we don't really live that anymore. It's not the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven isn't, isn't like the leaven in Mark 13, 33. It hasn't permeated every bit of our dough of who we are, you know, let alone having the influence to reach anybody else where it influences the whole loaf. You know, how is it, has it influenced all of me so that it raises me up? Um, because that's, I guess that's the thing that got me this morning and what got me even thinking about it because it makes the dough rise and, uh, yeast does or the leaven. And I thought if I don't have that agent in me, if I don't have that thing that that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if I don't have that same raising in me it doesn't matter how much scripture I quote or how much I know or anything else. There is no kingdom of God. That's going to raise people up to, to walk them in resurrection life. Yeah. 
I don't have that. So how can I impart it if I don't even have it? And uh, I mean, I wasn't say I didn't have it. It's just when I made that bread last night and began to watch everything and how it came out this morning. Boy, it tasted good this morning, by the way. <laughs> Jalapeno cheese bread with a little bit of cream cheese on it. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, as I got to thinking about all this, I thought, you know, this is what you and I've been talking about a lot over the last couple of months is that influence that you have. How do you permeate? How do you permeate all the relationships that you have? You know, how does that influence? How does that carry over? Because it says the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven um, is like a leaven that permeates the whole loaf or the whole lump. So how does that do that? And I guess that's what got me on that this morning, because um, like you said, to be an influencer, to be somebody uh, to make disciples isn't isn't what we've always thought it was with our with our programs and our everything else. And we're just going to have this meeting and and people are getting going to be discipled because we have these meetings that has nothing to do with anything. It's the ability for me to influence your life and to change your whole way of thinking, not me, but unto Christ. Am I able to impart to you the same spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, in these words, not, not just quoting the scripture, but impart the same spirit of life, which birthed those words to begin with? You know, that's, I guess that's where it doesn't make any difference to me which translation you're speaking. Is it the spirit of life in that word? Is it what God is speaking behind it? Is that carrying that? Or am I having to go back to King Jim Bob or King James and, and, you know, quote every single thing and say it was Matthew 13, 33 and, and Luke 13, whatever it is, you know, <clears throat> you know, I don't have to know that. I just give you the spirit. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. So I don't know. I, like I said before, we've lost a whole generation because of something. It's well, and, and that's, yeah, um, that's exactly, that's exactly what the problem is, is that we, we have lost a generation, we are losing a generation because we insist on stick, staying with a culture that's not the kingdom culture. Right. We stay with the strategy that is not the kingdom strategy, not the strategy that Jesus, as the greatest leader that's ever walked on the face of the earth, commissioned and, and when we talk about commission, again, we, we think commission, you know, I'm just right, right. How we associate words with certain religious concepts within the context of the church, you know, right. Commission, commission is co-mission. You are now walking with me in my mission. What I've done, you do. Right. <laughs> follow yeah, me as I follow Christ. Basically. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, and when they, I was uh, Acts chapter 14. They went out and made many disciples in that city. They didn't make many converts. They didn't make many members. They didn't preach the church of Jerusalem. They went and preached the kingdom of God. And they, they made many disciples. And it's interesting that that term there changed my whole mentality. Right. I, I right. couldn't get off that verse for like a long time i just really well even when you brought that up a month ago or whatever it was you know i remember i remarked back on that on your yeah. on the post and stuff because i thought 
yeah, that's true. They didn't just make converts. They just didn't have them to a meeting. They were made, they made many disciples. I mean, that, right. that was a key phrase that they put in there. Exactly. And, and if we, if we shift our mindset from disciple, as you were saying, is not a program. It's not a meeting. It's not a year of equipping. It's not even Bible school. <laughs> it's, right. uh, it's, it's an influence to the point that that person's whole worldview changes, their perspective on life and how, because you must remember something. Let's back up a little bit. Is that perspective or a worldview is how I see the world. Correct. So yeah. I have a perspective or a point of view, or I have a, a, a view of how the world is. And the thing about it is it might not be the reality, but it's my reality. Right. Now, what we've got to do is change that where we see things from. So a point of view means some from some point, I am viewing the world, how things are happening, right. how they are, what the generation is about, what's being said from my point of view but if we change the the reference point it changes my view and so the whole thing with getting a different point of view is that i'm getting it from the kingdom of god so now i view things from a heavenly perspective as a representative a citizen of heaven i and and the the Kingdom is important here. It's not just heaven. Right, right. Kingdom is, is that there's a king. It's a monarchy with a specific kind of economic, uh, political, financial health system. <laughs> it's like specific to the king of kings. So, right, right. <clears throat> I don't have a church perspective. And I'm talking about institutions. I don't have a denominational perspective. Right. I don't have my little group's perspective. I don't have my bishop's perspective or my apostle's perspective or whoever celebrity else is out there. I have a kingdom perspective. That's what Jesus gave as the final strategy. He hasn't changed the strategy. The strategy right. still stays the same. The problem is, is that we changed our perspective. And so we began to lose generations. Now, what we want is some kind of massive revival, whatever that means now. Yeah. Uh, in our Number Western, one, that means something's dead. Yeah. It's got to be revived. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing about it is, is that in our mindset, though, in our cultural mindset, especially right. in the Western church, is it's got to be a meeting with somebody preaching, uh, you know. Uh, right. With, with specific signs and wonders happening, with everybody running to the front crying, and people coming from everywhere. Now, they were times for that, great times, moved the nation, whatever. But we've got to ask, what? how do we make disciples fundamentally at this point in time to right. make up? We, we've lost ground. Now we need to get into influencing now. How do we do that? Right. And that's that's the thing I was asking earlier. You know, how does, how does the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, because it uses that, you know, like we looked up this morning and Luke uses kingdom of God, Matthew uses kingdom of heaven as like leaven. How do, how does that influence? Because I know that it says they continued daily in the apostles doctrine, um, which doesn't mean they read the scripture necessarily. It meant that they found out what the apostles were teaching at that point in time and continued in that because they knew that they had 
they had been with Christ. <clears throat> so they were trying to find out what it is they needed. And in Ephesians 4, it talks about that as far as apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, their whole purpose is to, is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry till we all come to the fullness and stature of Christ. So my influence as one of those fivefold or as anybody that's sent into the body of Christ is to, is to influence them or to cause them to rise up, to come into the fullness and stature of Christ, not the fullness and stature of what I think they should be or what their calling is or their anointing is or their whatever, but the fullness and stature of Christ. Now, some of that other stuff may be part of it, but to realize that I'm to help them rise up into that fullness and stature of Christ, that is my only job, really. And that's making a disciple because it's not making them my disciple. It's making them a disciple or a disciplined follower of Christ. So now if you've seen him, Christ, you've seen this person. So my influence should be so much so that I bring them into that. So how, I guess that's the thing going back to that again. If I've not been affected by that, if I haven't been raised up by that, if, if that's not self-rising in me or that rising up in me, how can I influence any? I can't because I've never been risen into that. I, never, I don't walk that resurrected life in that. So how do I bring them into that if I don't have? I can't. So I guess that's now going back to what is my influence? What is, because scripture just isn't influence. Um, logos, like we've talked about before, or homologeo to, to speak the same thing as, or confession is made unto salvation. So it's to speak the same thing as the logos, which is the very thought, intent, purpose, and motive behind everything God did or spoke. So if we think about that motive, if we think about the heart, that's the influence of it. That's the influence of the word of God. So it's not just a matter of opening my mouth and speaking something. It's a matter of the influence and in the very heart of it behind it, the spirit of it that activates that into your life. And you may not even know that you, that all about it yet is something that activates in here in your spirit first and you feel it. Yeah. And then it becomes a part of you. Uh, because the word becomes flesh and then dwells among us that becomes so much a part of you that now you're living that now you become christ sent out to affect other people and i guess that's where i was this morning when i got to thinking about yeast and about our the leaven leavening the whole lump i thought how do we how do we do that if it's not been needed number one into us yes because it talks about there. In fact, you and I looked that up before we started recording the word hid into three measures meant to what well, wasn't not just concealed, but it was, uh, uh, what was to the mix. other word to mix? Yeah. To mix in there. So, uh, you mingle it, you get it so mingled in, it becomes a part of every bit of the lump. Right. So that if you just take a little whiff of it and that's the thing, it's very pungent. I mean, it yeasts, you should be able to smell it as soon as you pop the top off of me. You should be able to smell that rising. It's something different about you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you should be able to smell that. You should be able to taste it and see that the Lord is good. There should be something about it that when every time you pop the cork and you're around me, you should be able to not only smell it, but taste it and see it and, and feel it because there's a rising coming up out of this person. And uh, um, I guess that's where, that's where I was at this morning because I knew there was something so much more to this than what I've seen yet. And I felt, and even though we've talked about it, you know, we've talked about yeast and about the leaven and all that stuff and the kingdom and, but to, to have that. And I guess that's part of it is that it's, it's what it does to you. It raises you. It, it is, it is the resurrection life within you that causes you to rise up to become Christ to the nations to become Christ in you until we all come to that fullness and stature of the Messiah to wherever we go so that they become yeast also wherever they're sent. But anyway, I'm preaching to myself now, get myself happy. <laughs> Preach myself. I, I just, you know, I, the thing that I want to encourage people with, I, and that's something that I began to do is that first of Knowledge puffs up. Knowledge right. makes you arrogant. And so right. we, we, the focus has been in the church on knowledge. Right. How many scriptures can I quote? And if I can't, then I'm not spiritual. It's th those guys, like the spiritual ones there. Because so it has its own leaven, like the leaven of the Pharisees. Yes, it has its own. Puff up. Yeah, it, it puffs up. And so the, the thing of that, and when I started, when, when I'm sort of moved away from the concept of being a pastor to actually beginning to work with leaders and business leaders, I'm, I, I purposefully moved away from quoting scripture and right. prophesying and saying, thus saith the Lord. I met with a, a leader once and I, I was helping them with a, a, in a situation and um, in the young CEO and what I did was I was, um, I was busy uh, praying the morning about our meeting that I was going to meet with him. And, and right. I was like, okay, you know, I knew there was something that I had to break through. I knew there was something, not that I had to break through, but that he had to break through, that I had to right. help him break. Something had to shift for him. And I wasn't sure what it was. And so I was praying about it. And God just gave me one sentence, one, one question. <laughs> and and that was it and i sat with him and i asked him that one question and it revealed everything i mean he wow. just he began to weep and he just poured out his heart and and that began a transformational journey for us that got him really settled and <coughs> stabilized the point is is that we you know i said one day in a church you know we what we do is we want to go to the high school and we want to go, yeah, yeah, that's saith the Lord unto thee, you know. And and um, first of all, we, we talk in King James English and, you know, and God doesn't speak King James, first off. So, really? Yeah, didn't you know? <laughs> I, I knew Paul did. <laughs> so, so first off, secondly, why? If, if I really am speaking as an oracle of God, if you may, I mean, if I right. really bring in the word of the Lord at that point in time, the word of the Lord is going to be the word of the Lord. It's going to accomplish what it can accomplish right. because it cannot return void. So right. 
um, but why do I have to tag it with God has shown me? And, right. you know, uh, thus saith the Lord. I, you know, um, I prophesy now. And it's just like, why? Yeah. Why do we have to do that? I prayed all night and I was awakened three o'clock in the morning and yes. the Lord spoke unto me saying, blah, blah, blah. But you know what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh, verify ourselves. We're trying Correct. to get, give ourselves some kind of credibility. Either right. you're speaking for God or you're not. Right. Either you're representing the kingdom or you're not. And right. so for me, it's, you know, I began to purposefully steer away from that so that I could say the same thing without quoting the scripture, without, um, without right. preaching, without yes. prophesying, but yeah. I could influence business people in, in training. I, I've trained in one of the big, big company luxury car brands in the world. I've trained managers in one of these companies for three days and you know what happened was i began to just talk to them encourage them and so afterwards they came to me non-believers and they said you've got to be a preacher or something <laughs> and i said nothing i didn't quote a scripture i didn't right. I did nothing you know but they began to sense something is different because they felt different and right. in fact i'll tell you this is that one of the one of the managers, I walked into and again. I was praying about the meeting before I went, and and God showed me something about this the, one of the managers. And so when I went into the meeting, I first asked the Lord, "Must I do private to you publicly? <coughs> publicly because that she's actually the one that's they all honor her all the time." So I, I just said to her, "I said, yeah, I just have a sense that you." this and that, 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 and I laid it out for her and she just sat there and tears began to roll out her eyes and and she said how did you know that and I just <laughs> it just came to me you know it's just like yeah but it affected her life and afterwards she came and spoke to me and she's in the and I could share more with her you know so um that's just like little examples but we when I told them the church that we are not going to change our culture. You're not going to change anything the way we do things. Right. Because, ah, because you know what? What you do is you're afraid of what's different. You're afraid that if you're not doing your culture, you're not going to be spiritual. And it's a, we're going to have to think differently, approach things differently, simply because, you know, I go back to what's happening in China, what's happening in Iran. They can't do, you know, no. our Western style church. Right. You know, and so then we must we must. something i heard you say the other day is um um we cannot change the culture of the church and i don't remember where i heard you say that but i remember hearing you say that maybe you didn't say that maybe that's just what i heard but anyway you can't change the culture of the church because you can't go in there and change that culture um but christ when he was resurrected he came back and walked amongst two of the disciples as they were going on the road. And they finally, when he left, just disappeared. They said, didn't our hearts burn within us? That's the, that's the change. That's the thing that, because he was resurrected at that time, because there was something that he left them every time when he spoke to them, it burned something into their hearts. Exactly. And that's what you're talking about here is not 
not just quoting the scripture or having another principle to live by. It's a matter of, of imparting to them the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, that spirit that will raise them up to let them see from a different perspective. And that's what Christ did. He, every time he spoke to them, the words that I speak to you, their spirit and life, he brought to them something that would raise them to a different place to see from a kingdom perspective, to see from the perspective of where God alone is seated upon the throne. And now you happen to be seated with him. So now you can see that. So it's a whole different, it's a whole different concept than just teaching people a bunch of principles. It's an impartation of life to them and lifestyle and perspective, not just, not just hanging out together for an hour or two. Uh, it's, it's, it, and that's why we talk about being relational. That's why we, right. talk about, um, you know, the, the three E strategy is engage, equip, and empower. And so if we understand, if we look at those three pillars as not from a religious point of view, but engaging people on a life basis, one of the things that, you know, people um, coming from a church, churchy kind of background is like, are you doing devotions with your children? You've got to be doing devotions with your wife and your children. And I said, I don't. And well, I mean, I, you know, I think the demons came out of that point in time. It's like, what? And I said, you know, I use life <laughs> examples. It's yes. like I find teaching moments for my family, for my wife and my children. Right. Teach them the values of the kingdom of God. I don't want them to leave my house going, well, you know, my dad just preached at us all the time. I want them to leave because they're going to go out in the world and they're going to have to live their life without me there. Maybe without anything. <laughs> right. They, they know they are good people. You know, it's like they know how to live righteously, blamelessly, uprightly, because I've taught them in life situations. Not, right. You know, and that's the thing. I know you and I have talked about this before. Um, and it seems like it seems like I don't agree, but I do agree with you because there's um, I perceive the principles, a lot of the principles that we do, we start to teach the principles, but the principles can become just as dead without the spirit of life in it. Yeah. And, and, and that's where um, I guess now clarifying that. Because I always talk about the principles, you know, you can just talk about the principles, you can build on principles, but it's not, you know, that isn't what's going to build the house right or blah, blah, blah. Anyway, yeah, we can't do it without principles, but there's a spirit of life behind the principles. Uh, it's like the difference between rhema, um, because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. The word rhema, which is word of God, the word rhema simply means to open the mouth and to utter something. That's all it means. So basically, I could speak to you by principle. I could speak to you by doctrine. I could speak to you by anything. It's just opening the mouth and uttering a scripture or uttering a verse or uttering something out there. But the Logos, which became flesh and dwelt among us, in the beginning was the Logos, and Logos was the Word of God. The Logos was the thing that was in the beginning that when God spoke, there was. That's the thought, intent, purpose, and motive behind it. You can't have a rhema. 
You can't have a principle. You can't have a scripture that is given that'll bring life without that very thought intent, without the logos or the spirit of life of Christ behind it. You can't have it. Well, you can, but it brings forth death. Well, and that's, that's exactly, you see, that again was a shift for me because um, I'm just looking. It, it talks about, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life right. set me free from the law of sin and death for what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous. Now, this, this is what really got me was he condemned, condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Right. And, and living according to the spirit, you know, I did, it's like, again, it's like something we can, we try and attain, but some of us can attain, some of us can't attain. That's not what he's talking about. Living according to the spirit is living according to the spirit life. Right. So right. You do by faith, not by law. You, 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 not by works. You live right. the spirit life by faith, not by your works. And, 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 but he talks about that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to. So when we live according to the law of the spirit of life in Christ right. Jesus, that requirement of the law is written in us. Right. So I know that if I can impart, I talk about principles as the guiding factors of the spirit realm. I mean, right. what Jesus spoke about these um the keys of the kingdom or or what did he right what was the other word he's used um and see we're talking about we're talking you and i talk thing. about the you, same we talk thing the same thing yeah yeah it's just we see it from we just use that terminology differently. right and sometimes we're seeing we're seeing the same tree we're describing the same tree but yeah. we're describing it from a different from a right. different perspective so that a person gets a complete view of what that tree looks like yeah. Yeah. So, and it may sound like, you know, I'm against principle. I'm not against principle. I'm not. I, I, you gotta I have them. Like yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying some people listening might think that. Yeah. Because no, I'm no. not against principle. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a spirit of it. There's a spirit. He who ministers to you, does he do it by works of the law? <clears throat> or he who ministereth the spirit to you, does he do it by works of the law? Or does he do it by, by faith? faith? Yes. And, and faith uh, is of the heart. That's yeah, the that's it's right. Not, it's not up of, of your knowledge. Right. And it says ministereth to the spirit. I'm yeah. not ministering just the principle. Exactly. I'm not supposed to because it says the letter of it killeth. Yeah. But the spirit of it giveth life. So yeah. I'm ministering to you a person. I'm not ministering just a thought or an idea. I'm ministering a person, the spirit. Yeah. So... If I'm ministering to you the spirit, he's the one that's going to lead you into all truth. He's the one that's going to bring into your remembrance everything that Christ has taught you. He's the one that's going to bring all this stuff back anyway. So I want to minister to you the spirit, not just some idea that's, or some concept. That's the thing is it's, we're not ministering the law or we're right. ministering the text. We're ministering right. the spirit of the heart of it. You see, there's a difference between 
the the uh, um, the uh, what how does it go in Romans chapter eight? Uh, but we received not the spirit of slavery, but or yeah, yeah, the spirit of slavery, but the spirit. Oh, of, again under bondage. Yeah, again under bondage, but we received the um, the spirit of sonship by which we cry, Abba, Father. Yeah. Now the, the difference between the the spirit of sonship and the sonship spirit. The mm. sonship spirit is when it's in you. And you walk in it, you don't have to declare it, you don't have to shout it, you don't have to, right. I am, you know, you just are. And when you are, people know it, they experience it, they might not know what it is, but they go, something is different about this person. And right. that's the whole thing is like, whether it's this, Jesus spoke about the secrets of the kingdom or the mysteries of the kingdom. It could also be the laws, the keys of the kingdom. I use the word principles because in the world, they understand that. You right, know? right. Yeah, yeah. But if I, I talk to you about the keys. Yeah. The keys so when we talk kingdom, about the not keys or the mysteries or the secrets of the kingdom, that's the thing is we want to get it inside of us. So we live that. My question right. then is where you started is that, you know, we've got to have a part of us so we can influence people. My question is then what and who is influencing you? Right. That, Are you that, asking me that, or is that rhetorical? No, no, that's, a, <laughs> that's my rhetorical question to to everybody. And see, that's that's an an answer to uh, another question that somebody asked a while back. Can how can brothers equal brothers influence one another? You and I do that all the time. Yeah, but I submit to Christ in you when you're be when you speak by Christ automatically my spirit man comes under that the spirit of that it's not under the knowledge of of okay now i gotta go look that up and i gotta you know it's not it's once again it's not the letter of it it's coming under the spirit of that and you know automatically my heart does that so can <clears throat> can i sometimes you lead and i follow and sometimes I, I hope <laughs> I, I lead and, and just in, in your heart, I can see it in your face. I can see you going, Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And you follow, you follow along and I'm going, okay, that's how that works. It's not, it's not that I'm over you. It's not that I'm under you. It's that uh, it's that influence back and forth. That's what communion is for crying out loud. That's what koinonia or fellowship is. It's the mutual contribution. It's the mutual sharing. It's that mutual impartation of life back and forth. So that's where you get this. Um, can we do that as brothers? Can we? Yeah, you can do that as brothers. I don't, I don't have to have some position or I don't have some rank or I don't have to have an order. What is the order of this relationship? It's brothers. Yeah. Under that's our order. And you and I both recognize that it's not, but that's because uh, <clears throat> I've heard that talked about a lot. You know, the order of the relationship determines the, um, uh, what is it? The order of the relationship determines the, um, oh, what's the word that is used? Anyway, it, it basically, it means the, the function of it or the, the, the hierarchy of it or the, um, Boy, oh boy, I wish I could remember how that's phrased. 
But anyway, it determines the order that the, the relationship somehow or other determines the order of that relationship. The order of our relationship is brotherhood. Yeah. We're under Christ. If I'm to come to you and help you come to the fullness and stature of Christ, my whole thing is to come alongside you, even if I am an apostle sent to you, you know, doubtless I am at times, but doubtless you are to me at times. So I come under that immediately in spirit and heart, and I go, I recognize Christ right there, and immediately my heart submits to that. And immediately I begin to grow thereby because there's a mutual contribution of life. And that's where that marrow, the joints and the marrow begin to supply to this body because this, you and I to get, I'm a bone, you're a bone, but coming together, we produce a joint and it's at the joint is where the marrow begins to be, begins to be supplied to the rest of the bone. So that's how we grow is toward the joint even naturally my my body grows toward the joint so uh my as as long as we're connected together we begin to have growth mutual contribution and because of that the whole body then it says ministereth yeah. by by the nutrition that it gains by being connected in that particular thing but it's not because i just have a bunch of whatever it's that spirit of life of it Exactly. And I can taste and see that the Lord is good. I can smell that aroma of that yeast, that rising, that thing that rises up to Christ, that thing that has the kingdom of God in it that rises up so that it not only rises you up, but it rises me up with it. I can feel that resurrection. I know that that's in there so I can taste and see. I can smell it. I can I can feel it. And that's what we want to activate other people with is activate them with that same yeast that raises them up into the kingdom of God, into that kingdom of heaven, so that they can now influence other people by that same yeast or that same rising. Yeah. Am I making sense at all? Absolutely. Absolutely. Powerful. Powerful sense. And, and yeah, I come back to my rhetorical question, which is, you know, who's influencing you? Right. Simply because... Um, you know, that's the, the, what I'm throwing out to everybody, because if we're going to be influencers, right. we've, got to, we've got to make sure that what is influencing us is the right thing. Right. And we're in the right environment to, be, to have that influence. We don't, you, cannot, you cannot be um, getting the wrong, inf you know, data in, data out. Right. In the wrong environment and hope to have the right, the right outcomes. Right. Uh, and or the right input, you know, it's just we, we've got to be having the right influence. And so and the, the most important thing about it is, is not so much um, as to who as in person, but who as in lordship. Right. You know, just what you're saying is that if we are truly under Christ, Steve, then. I respect you. You, I respect your gifting. I respect the perspective that you come from. I, you know, I don't get offended when when you when you differ with me. Oh, I nearly, <laughs> nearly fell off my chair now. <laughs> I, mean, I nearly, nearly got offended. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I don't. I, 
you know, I I assess where I'm at, and and if I'm wrong, I repent. You know, it's just like okay, I, you know, I'm sorry, I I saw that wrong, and it's it's not a problem to me. So, um, or if I feel like okay, I my perspective on this is is firm for now. You know, Paul says this in in, in Philippians, I think it's chapter two or three, and he goes, um, "This is my standpoint, my point on this." But if right. anybody differs with me, that is fine. We just pray that you'll grow into maturity and see it like we do. <laughs> you know, it's just like, that's simple, man. You know, it's just like, we, 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 we are so... I don't know whether I'd say that to you or not. You're so dogmatic about it. Yeah, no, I know you wouldn't say that because I... Oh. Yeah, I, even though we differ there, Sean, I hope you grow into maturity to understand it the way I... <laughs> yeah, but that's, what does he say? Yeah, yeah. I hope you grow up and get it. <laughs> but, you know, obviously where he was coming from, um, right. but he, he goes uh, pressing on towards the... Um, um, let's see if I can find it now. Um... um, 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 um. Oh. He's, oh, now this is what he says. He says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. <laughs> and so the, 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 the view is their viewpoint, you know, having a right. point of view or a perspective. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Right. It's okay to differ. Um, he says, only let us live up to what we have already attained. Live right. where you are. Live what you've, what, right. what you've had your influence. And then, you know, but maturity will mean that there is a certain place. And, and that's the thing is when we are in Christ, we understand he's the king, not us. It's his ministry, not mine. It's his gifting, not mine. It's the spirit of God re revealing things, not me. Uh, then we begin to respect each other's gifting, respect each other's place, and respect and right. give room to each other to share. And right. you know, it's like, and that's one of the reasons you and I did this, simply because right. we've been doing this for years, and we've always been like this. I'm not saying we like super to anybody else, but we just have that kind of relationship, and it's grown more and more in that we can do it anytime we pick up the phone at any time we share right. and process things together and and wrestle with things not with each other but wrestle with issues right with, right with, with perspectives etc and the fact is is we wanted to show that this is possible first right this is how it should be done rather than somebody having all the answers and all the preaching and it's my thing and is there's more i in fact i'm i'm i'm, I'm listening to you now i'm even more convinced i want to do more in that area where we take specific topics and we right. have a we have a you know whatever time like a mastermind process we right. actually get together and we just facilitate things. We don't, right? 
you know, we facilitate everybody's point of view, even the person that doesn't know a lot. But the thing about it is, is that I come back to, is that, you know, if you're not in the right environment, you're not being influenced right, then you're going to want to be the person that has all the answers all the time. Right. It says counsel is bound up in the heart of man, but a man of understanding will draw it from him. And um, because what you're drawing on in somebody else is that spirit of life. It's been a fountain shut up in a garden enclosed because yeah. out of their belly is supposed to flow a river of living water. And most people, they're a fountain shut up. They, they've become so bound up that they can't really speak and bring forth the spirit of life. They can bring forth everything out of the head, but they don't know how to bring forth out of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus in that particular thing. So even in us bantering back and forth, I notice that sometimes you ask me questions or you'll state something that you know good and well <laughs> ignites a little thing inside of me. And I do the same thing to you too. You know, I know that this is, I, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, this is going to strike him. You know, this is going to get him right now, right here. I can feel it, you know, and you, and you go ahead and you strike that match and you know, good and well, it's going to ignite something in the other person because you do it on purpose. You do it on purpose because drawing. you know you're drawing. Yes, from you're yeah. drawing and you yeah. want that river of life to come right. out. Exactly. And that's in a, in a greater context, like even, I don't know how to do it. I wouldn't know how to do it in, with 20 people, but even with a, a 10 or 12 or whatever, you know, to be able to do that in a context of, of, okay, let's do a, let's do this on this particular topic. Let's find out what, what's in your heart in this. And then we, we bring that out and then hash that over according to the spirit of life in Christ, not who's right or wrong, no. because that's the wrong tree. Right. It's always supposed to be going to the tree of life, yeah. not the tree of the knowledge of good and yeah. evil. So how can, how can we bring that back to the life of it? Yeah. You know, whatever it is, what's the life of that? And that's what we started talking about this morning was that leaven. You know, how can I bring... How can I bring that influence of the kingdom of God? What does that mean? How does that look? How does that, how does that operate? How, what does the kingdom of heaven do? Well, it, it, it is a rising agent. It brings you up to that perspective, to that place where now you see from his, it, you can't see it. You can't see how it's working, but it's something that affects that whole loaf, that whole lump. And so it brings you up into, and that's what that resurrection life is, is it brings you into that perspective of Christ, not you now have the mind of Christ. Now, what are we going to do with it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. How powerful. Well, you took us all the way back to our, our origin um, <laughs> of the conversation. <laughs> it's so, super cool. It is super cool. I mean, there's so much more to say. On, on, on this, I mean, we could talk for hours, but um, yeah, I think that that is good. That gives us something to think about. Uh, you know, I honestly, in within my heart, deep, deep within the conviction of my heart, we, I, I really, and I believe this even before 2020, is that we need a shift. We've got to begin to become right. Yeah, I agree. And, and we've got to bring the dominion of his kingdom into every sphere of life. Right. Even in politics and economics and medical right. field and education, we've, we've allowed too much uh, 
the authority of darkness to take over. And, uh, and it, you know, darkness brings obscurity. Darkness brings ignorance. Darkness brings right. stumbling, confusion, anxiety, and all the problems that there is in the world. And we have, all we've done is ask people to come to our meetings. Yes. Instead of us going and being an influence into, it's amazing. Um, but we, we need to get into all these spheres of where God has planted us, where God has called us uh, and begin to influence and, and uh, you know, gather in our homes. And you don't grow until you contribute. That's the thing, it's, you know, I, and that's one of the things we're talking about is I'd like to draw people out and hear what they have to say because when they contribute, they grow. Right. If, if, if it's just a one-way conversation, nobody grows, you know, and, so that's why they're that's why the dead sea is the dead sea right. it's not because nothing's not coming into it there was no outlet that's right exactly i i, I mean honestly steve this these sessions you know that you and i and sessions it's not even sessions our conversations let me rather say right. that um sounds like i've got a therapist um <laughs> just like our conversations over the years have <clears throat> it meant so much and it's helped me to work through, grow through. And sometimes I've just shared my pain and my disappointment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, both of us have, yeah. And, and you know, it's, yeah. And um, I've not always been that you know, sympathetic, have I? <laughs> well, part of it is, is working through what we're working through. I mean, it's not it's not a matter that we're right or wrong or indifferent or whatever. It's a matter of sometimes I just need to talk it out loud That's right. and bounce it off, bounce it off somebody. Because as soon as it comes out of my mouth, I can usually tell, you know, I'm going, Oh <laughs> man. Exactly right. It's yeah. like the process, you know, and then ask some questions, give some insights. And now we, you know, you leave feeling like I'm encouraged. I've grown. I've grown. Right. You, that's the thing, you know, change happens, growth happens, maturity happens. And, and so uh, it definitely has, it's meant a lot to me. And that's why, I mean, I, you know, I've thought about, do, do we restructure these? Okay, you know, whether in nobody listens, I don't really care because I, right. I'm i enjoying the... Right. The, the well, we were already doing this for 45 minutes before you turned on the record. Turned on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... You know, and, and we, we Monday we got on a hopped on a call and we spoke for an hour and a half about all sorts of stuff <laughs> and, and uh, processed things and laughed and, and what. But you know that that is what it's about. It's just like, and I trust you with it. I trust your heart yeah. with it. I I trust Christ in you. You know, right. and, and, and vice versa. Yeah, not not just a spiritual kind of thing to it. It's just I really right. do. I, you know, it's like we have a relationship. That I value immensely, simply because we can do this without without um, feeling condemned, judged. You know um, that I've got to be something that I'm not, and you and I don't have to make you something you're not. We right. are just connected, and I respect that and value the gift of God in you. I respect and value the the experience, the journey that you've had, and it's been it's been immense been immense for me you know in the sense of just being able to be myself and not feel like i've got to be under something you know it's just right a, right uh, right it's, it's, you know or and there's no ministry names here <laughs> no 
is no menace without titles, you know, isn't it wonderful? Um, it's just like you and I um, having a conversation. So, yeah. well, well, like I told you yesterday, or day before yesterday, when we were talking, I said, I'm going to go ahead and start my ministry and call it first apostolic uh, relational tabernacle. And then I thought, whoa, the acronym for that's not very good. F-A-R-T is not a good word for a, you know, not a good acronym for a church. <laughs> I, you know, it just wouldn't work. So, Wind will be blowing. Through that's it. right. That's right. <laughs> Nobody knows where it's coming from. Nobody knows where it's going. Like the wind. Well, we will know where it's coming from. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We'll know where it's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. You on were that, ending. On that, on that spiritual note. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Might have to cut that one. <laughs> Edit. That's probably uh, not a good term to use for that either. <laughs> Oh gosh, no, let's stop yeah. that. <laughs> he who hey. letteth, let him let till he be taken out of the way. <laughs> Thanks for being with us again. This is Sean and Steve. Hope you have a super weekend. God bless you. <laughs> Until next week. Uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>